Hello, everybody. Welcome to a solo cast of Movies on the Brain. My name is Chad Metz. I am one of your normal hosts for the weekly week Movies on the Brain podcast with Brian Seawood. Uh, but I am coming to you here today because every now and then we both go, uh, we have our little rants that we like to go on. And I had one such occasion uh, this past weekend. This That would be... Uh, New Year's weekend of 2022, just to date everybody. So, uh, as I am wont to do, I was on the Twitter machine, and I saw uh, news of rumors for the new upcoming uh, Warner Brothers DC Films um, Flash movie. Uh, these rumors basically came down to be that uh, everything in the DC EU, what people call DCEU, I like to call DCFU, DC Film Universe, uh, that came prior to this upcoming Flash movie, which is coming out uh, this year, uh, finally, with uh, starring Ezra Miller. Uh, that'll have Michael Keaton returning as Batman and some other people. And we've got news and leaks from it over the past year, but uh, that movie's coming out sometime in 2022. I don't have the date right in front of me. Um, but the rumors were that um, any of the existing movies directed by Zack Snyder were going to be erased from this ongoing DC film universe. Um, and characters such as Batman and Superman will be replaced with other, ver not other versions of that character, but other characters in the lineage of those characters, like Superman was supposed to be replaced by the new Supergirl that is appearing in this Flash movie. We don't know who she is. She's not the traditional blonde hair Supergirl. Uh, because of her looks uh, and the suit that she's wearing, people are speculating that she is the daughter of the Henry Cavill Superman, but we don't know. Um, and that the upcoming uh, HBO Max currently movie, uh, Batgirl, uh, that she is essentially going to be the Batman replacement in this universe, handpicked by the ongoing Batman that we will have, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman from Batman 89, uh, which, given the information we've learned about that movie on HBO Max, that it has a kind of uh, Batman Beyond feel that kind of matches up. So... So some of this kind of lines up with just, you know, information we, we've already know. I just, I just laid out the information from um, that we know about the Batgirl movie. We know who's in, who that, the people that we know that are in the Flash movie. And those, it kind of lines up. And that's the thing about rumors. They can take little bits of truthful information and then spread out anything and it can kind of line up. And we can kind of see where this will line up. Um, but it was a big uproar because it's specifically saying that it wants to erase the Zack Snyder movies, which would include a movie that's currently on while I'm recording this, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, um, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. I guess both Justice Leagues. I don't know. I don't know which one. I know which one DC considers canon, but you know, fans consider the Snyder cut. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so when you say 
Zack Snyder on Al Green's internet, there's going to be passionate people on either side that has something to say. And um, when I initially heard the rumors, um, it kind of got me. It didn't get me because of Zack Snyder, per se. It got me more <clears throat> in what I want to talk about here today, which is the whole um, structure and foundation of Warner Brothers' handling of of DC films going forward. But in that moment, uh, I did get a little worked up, and I started working on uh, this Twitter thread. Uh, and I think I spent close to an hour on this Twitter thread. I don't know how many tweets were in this thread. It had to be pushing like 20-ish at that point. And as I'm doing it, I'm like, I haven't even gotten like to my main point to this. And I'm like 20 tweets in. And I, I just kind of stared at it. I'm like, you know what? I think I need to take, take a step back. So I deleted the tweets. You'll never see them. Never published. Uh, but it made me, but I did want to talk about it, but I'm glad I took that time away because it made me, again, focus on what my true issues are with the rumors uh, that we came. And I must stress that they are rumors because the, the source that I, that I saw for the rumors uh, is a uh, quote unquote scooper on the internet. Uh, and that scooper does not have the best uh, track record or reputation. So I'm not going to give them the credit of saying who they are. If you want to find out, you can go look uh, or, you know, disparage them any more than that. I will, the scooper has gotten things right. The scooper has had access to people that could know these things. But the scooper's also gotten a lot of things wrong, so I'm just not going to uh, really deal with deal with where it came from, but just know that it is a rumor. Take it with a grain of salt. So my issues coming out of, of this rumor is it's, it really comes back to what I, what I've thought about WB really for years. Um, but solidified kind of after the whole Batman versus Superman Justice League debacle. But, uh, I mean, very briefly, for years, uh, I, you know, I'm a comic book kid. I've read comic books all my life. Pretty much, well, starting at around 12. And somewhere around the time when I first started reading comic books, um, I remember it was in a, uh, a Superboy comic. I saw the WB Shield in, in a DC comic for the first time, and I realized that Warner Brothers, the film studio, because I knew the I knew Warner Brothers, the film studio, had made Superman and Batman and you know other movies. But then I realized, oh, they made those other movies because they own these characters. So instantly in my mind, it's like, well, we can. It's a film studio. They can make all these characters that I like into movies, and they can always have them together because they all. They own it all. And even at that point, I understood how rights worked. Thanks, Spider-Man uh, failed movie in the 1990s. I understood how film rights worked. And the fact that they can, that they never 
wanted to or tried to do anything like that was mildly maddening to me because it's like you don't have to do what Marvel at the time and even then at that time Marvel was going bankrupt they couldn't do anything they had to sell film rights to like stay afloat but they had to sell film rights to other companies because they didn't have their own studio they weren't part of a studio system where DC was so it was always kind of infuriating that one we weren't getting any more or better DC movies out of Warner Brothers at the time. Uh, mind you, I turned 12 in um, 92, 93. The only DC movies, really, that I that in my lifetime when I would have gone to see in theaters were, I could have seen Superman 4. I would have been really young. And then the Batman movies. I didn't see 89 in the theater. I saw Returns. Uh, for my brother, I saw we saw returns in New Iberia, Louisiana. Just had to throw that in there. He knows what this is. Uh, returns forever and the movie again that just came on, Batman and Robin, nineteen ninety seven. From like that was it for like official DC movies of like superheroes until I think until Batman Begins, and by by the after. Batman and Robin, I'm like 16, Batman Begins comes out, I am 23, 4-ish. So I'm fully aware how how all this works. And to go almost 10 years without a proper DC movie just because they don't know what the hell they're doing, it, to to a, a young adult that understands these things is really infuriating, especially because once 99 hits, we get, well, Hell, 98, we get Blade, then we get the X-Men, then we get Spider-Man, and DC still has nothing. So it's a little maddening. Like, you shouldn't have all the hurdles this other company does, yet they're putting quality products out there. What's your problem? So that started my, that's where my crux of my, my WB thinking with movies goes. It goes that far back. So with this situation, um, it brought me back to, you know, like uh, like I said, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League things where, um, and it, it does go further back because it goes to Superman Returns, it goes to Batman Begins. That Warner Brothers, and I've said it before on the podcast with Brian, Warner Brothers seems to be scared of these properties. And that fear all seems to stem out of the fact that Warner Brothers likes to, they're a movie studio. They want to be taken seriously for movies. And I don't think they think this material is stuff to be uh, taken seriously. And they don't know how to handle it. And that was, I think that was dumb and short-sighted even in the past. But right now, when the most profitable thing on the planet is your literal comic book rival and they are killing it on the screen. Uh, and again, most profitable thing in the, on the world, the movies are generally well-received across the board. And Warner Brothers, here we sit in 2022, it still feels like they are at, the, at their core. At their core, they think most of these things are childish and something that cannot be taken seriously and not something they want to be a part of because they are a movie studio. 
even still to 2022, when we've seen we've we're in the, the this is the comic book movie renaissance since 1998. I mean, slowly from 98 to like 2005, but from from there on, we're we're getting these movies all the time and they're good. So for them to still it, for it still to feel like that is like the base of their problem. It's like that is completely maddening. Because it's been proven otherwise. It's been proven that these things can be taken seriously, that people can enjoy them as movies. And especially in even before comics became the main driving force of like the theatrical experience, um, tentpole movies were the movies that made you money. And these things are built to be tentpole movies. So you would at least think, and Warner Brothers has made tentpole movies. You at least think on that in that regard they they would like come to accept them, but even even then they still seem like no. I mean we we know there's a purpose for them, but this is a purpose that we don't want to lean on. Like we don't want to lean on it too much because we'll just be like we'll be like Disney. Disney just makes uh, I'm using the finger quotes roller coaster movies like theme park ride movies, and they don't want to do that. They want to be real movie studio, and it's maddening and then that feeds into the next thing which is um, and I might be talking about fans in this regard but but it feels like it comes from the studio too that what feeds into that is this whole Marvel has a whole shared universe all of their characters exist in the same time in the same plane everything happens and can be referenced it's all connected and Warner Brothers treat that idea like they try to treat they treat it like a bad word. However, they also kind of because it's such a copycat league, they kind of want to keep it, but they don't think it's a good thing either. And and that that muddies the water. And I think that causes a lot of the problems that I'm going to go. I'm going to say next, but. They are like, I don't think they, they don't want to do shared universes. They don't understand how to do shared universes. One, to not be like Marvel. And two, again, they want to be, have auteurs. And how can you have a, a shared universe when you want this director to do this movie and this director to do this movie? And those movies can be completely misaligned, like thematically uh, look Look-wise, all that stuff. And, I mean, a quick answer would be, you know, you can get a producer over DC Films to make sure that stuff all iron out. But then it's like, oh, so we're going to be producer-driven. We don't want no part in that. And I don't think that's that, that's not what I'm saying, at least. Anyway, so, I mean, I've, I've kind of gone into, well, I'm trying to follow my outline, but I've kind of been hitting my points in in the uh, in the outline as I've been kind of ranting here. Um, but with those things, it always appears because they know they need these properties, but they're scared of them. They know, but they know shared universe is profitable, but they don't want to do it. So it always feels like. It's a scattershot operation over there. There's it never, 
we have yet to since Batman vs Superman was announced. From that point on, it has never felt like. Well, let me back up. Actually, before Batman vs Superman came out, they had their lineup set. And from that point on, from the point that they announced that lineup, it has never felt like they've had a cohesive plan since. And that's because that lineup never really came to pass. That lineup included a Justice League, a Justice League 2. We know we never got that. That lineup included a Cyborg movie that had never seen the light of day. It included a Green Lantern movie that is supposed to be still going on, yet we're getting we're supposed to get a Green Lantern HBO Max Green Lantern HBO Max series, which we haven't heard hide nor hair of in about oh eight months. So just just that. It doesn't it looks like they don't know what's going on. The the most cohesive stuff, co- cohesion that they found they've managed to come together with is that uh their successful CW shows that have you know, they've kind of gotten long in the tooth now, but when they first started, uh like Flash was in the second season when this Flash movie was announced and people were like, So are they are we doing this with two different flashes? How is this going to go? So there's a lot of confusion there. But the only thing they've cleared up is the CW universe is its own thing over here. Uh, it is part of a multiverse, which they established in the CW shows. But it functions over there. That is it. That's the only clear division that CW does what it does. But what about everything else? So... They might have, they might have a plan, and their plan might be to you know just hear pitches and let the pitches take them where they want to go. That could be fine, but from the outside looking in, it just looks like whatever they just throw stuff at the wall and just go with it. And now with the addition of HBO Max as like a integral part of their distribution model. Now we have movies that are going to HBO Max, not going to the theaters. We're supposed to go to HBO Max, now getting pulled and going to the theaters. Are those movies part of the the fledgling, whatever else, universe that is left of the Snyderverse that's going forward in the Flash? Is it something different? We don't know. And part of part of not knowing all this stuff is it's so long between these projects and most of the time there's so much time between these projects is because when one comes out something happens and they get reactionary or it appears they're getting reactionary and then they change things and when they change things it delays stuff from coming out now I understand in this current time we're dealing with the pandemic but um, what was the the last DC movie to come out, I believe, was Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, that came out last December. Again, I know the pandemic threw things off, but there's nothing DC-related um, in that universe-related coming out until The Flash. And there's this big gap, and, and that big gap feeds into all these other things. So... Um, now there is another. There is supposed to be a DC project that comes out. Um, that'll come out in the next few months. It'll be the Batman. It's supposed to come out on March fourth. 
but that's not part of the universe. Which again is another problem because you're about to start. Prom- you're promoting the Batman heavy. Clearly, that is the that is your crown jewel, the Batman. They believe in this movie because they made this movie. They can wrap their heads around the Batman, and I think they realize that if you give the Batman to the right director, we can. It can be the kind of movie st- that this movie studio makes. They believe in that character. They believe in giving it to a director, and that director is going to do something with it, and it can be taken seriously. And as a movie, has been proven by Christopher Nolan, and Matt Reeves looks like he's doing something that could be the same kind of thing. I personally have my issues with the direction of the Batman. I've said it before. I won't really hash into it again, but I'll just say uh, my child is about to turn 13. There have been several movies um, with Batman in the title, not counting Justice League. And I cannot, I've never been able to take her to the theater to see a Batman movie ever in her life. I think that is a problem, but I'm not going to, but just the essence of the Batman being a thing in this conversation is a problem because we know it's clearly separate and now, but we have all these other announcements. We haven't seen a DC movie forever. We're going to get this one that has nothing to do with anything else. I know general audiences at this point will just kind of go with it, but it's kind of, it's, there'll be questions and it's just going to be aggravating that it just, once this comes out, it's going to appear that, okay, so Batman is over here, but then we're going to have this movie with the flash come out where it's going to have not one, but two Batman in it. And it's going to give us something else. And I mean, because the flash is an investment, it's happening, but does it feel like less legitimate because the Batman is going to be, Given so much of a different kind of kind of push, so yeah, I've I've kind of lost my spot a little bit and 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 rambled, but if their if their decision is they want to take pictures to understand to to get to the movie, so get passionate filmmakers to make movies about things they're passionate about, that is fine, but. They really should just come out and say it. I understand that they are a movie studio and they feel like, you know, a regular movie studio, that's what they do. They hear pitches, they 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 take these stories as they come and then just kind of make the ones that they want to make. I understand that. But again, they don't have they they can't they don't need to like it. But the general audience is used to with these movies a plan being laid out they don't even have to be aware of like the movies coming out but they just know that there's a plan and they just kind of trust it and go see the movies when they come out the the discourse about warner brothers in dc it gets spilled out because the people that are passionate film people comic book people like me we're aggravated because they're doesn't appear to be a plan. And that kind of trickles out. Nobody would talk about like general audiences here's here's this kind of stuff when we talk about it. If you stop letting us talk about it, it won't get to them. And it'll be like Marvel where they just kind of go to the movies and they might not realize a Marvel movie is coming out, but then they see it and they're like, oh okay, I'll go. 
Same thing with DC. If you, all they have to do is come out and tell us, look, we're taking pitches. That's how we decide on these movies. That is how we're moving forward. You ain't gotta like it, but you're gonna deal with it. And lots of people won't like it, but they'll deal with it and they'll stop talking about it. After a while, they'll just stop talking about it because we know what you're doing. We might not like it, but we know what you're doing. So that's, they just need, at the very least, that is what they need to do. Uh, now, as far as the shared universe thing, I hate when when this comes up. You know, a lot of people one they want to talk about. Well, DC tried a shared universe, and it failed. And when they speak of that, they're talking about Batman versus Superman leading into Justice League and the reception those two movies got. And I understand people saying saying that, but I don't agree. I don't, to me, those, yes, those two movies fail. But that doesn't mean a, a shared universe for the DC film universe has to fail. In some cases, it did not fail. Uh, DC just not ha- has not capitalized on it. But the reason they say that is because those films fail, and the and that is not the fault of the shared universe. That is the fault of the decision makers at DC and Warner Brothers, and they gave their shared universe to the wrong people to handle it. Namely, oh God, I would hate saying this. Giving it to Zack Snyder was a mistake. And they just kept doubling down on the mistake until they could do nothing. And then at that point, they want to blame everyone but themselves. And the shared universe, as well as characters within that universe, are getting the blame. Uh, I truly believe, and one day if you want to hear it, you can let me know. I truly believe that uh, if you take the bones of the story for Batman versus Superman, um, you change the the climax, you change the ending. Uh, there's no doomsday, you change it to something else. But if you take the bones leading up to that, give it to a better director, a director that understands these characters more, that we would, we would not be here. The DC film universe will be a successful thing because those bones, those bones are good enough to start this 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 franchise for them to start to share universe, but Snyder has his particular views. Uh, I know a lot of people say he doesn't understand these characters. If you've listened to him talk, I think he can he understands the characters, but he he doesn't he wants to do he wants to do specific things with those characters. Um in a specific way that appeals to him. And that does not jive with everybody else. That is what it, that's what it all comes down to. Um, a different person handling that, DC would have a shared universe. But we're here now. So I think DC can have a shared universe. I think they've already shown uh, glimpses of it. Honestly, the best glimpses of what a DC shared universe could look like are offered to us in the form of the first Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam. 
All of those movies are self-contained movies about those particular characters, but they also all contain... Wonder Woman is the one that most outwardly has the most references, uh, which is the beginning and end. Then, and it doesn't. They didn't need it. They didn't have to add it. Aquaman. The references are these two characters met in another movie. They referenced that they met in another movie, and then they keep going. They keep going about their business. And Shazam. The kid is a fan of superheroes, so he's referencing Batman and Superman. But it fits his character and it fits that story. They didn't bring anybody else in. Uh, I mean, Shazam did try that cameo at the end. But again, that fit what the story was, and it was at the end. So to me, DC's shared universe could be just that. You can have your self-contained films. Um, you have your self-contained films. They And... It's just those films. But we know that these characters exist in the same world. They don't have to have cameos. They don't have to have crossovers. They don't have to reference anything. If they want, if they want to, that's fine. And But do it in a small way like those three movies did. But you don't have to like structure your story around this other character coming in from, from this other part of the world. And the way the movies are constructed, none of these characters are in the same city or same vicinity at all. They don't have to see each other. They don't have to reference each other. But if if slash when the studio wanted to do a team up movie, wanted to do a Justice League, wanted to have these other these characters come together, all you're doing is just bringing those actors in, having them do bring them in in the form that they are in their movies, bring them together to do whatever they want, and then separate them again. And again, they don't have to reference what happens in the team up movie. This is this is how comics has worked, particularly DC comics has worked since I've been reading them since the uh, post crisis. Yes, people will show up, but it's not like Marvel where they you know they're all in New York. They're basically crossing paths with each other all over the time. It was a big deal when a character showed up in another character's book, and most of the time, unless it was like some company-wide thing, events like, you know, destructions of cities and stuff are, are not referenced in everybody else's book. It just happens in that one book. If a character shows up and they mention it, so what? That's how DC works. You make your, it, it, it gives you the best of both worlds. You can have your solo films for these characters. They stand alone. They don't depend on crossing over or anything like that. However, when it is time to cross over, they cross over in a completely separate movie and they don't ever have to reference the other ones. You're just bringing the actors in. That is it. And I think that is enough for people that know what a shared universe is. They're like, oh, yeah, the, yeah. we don't see the like Doctor Strange pop up in, in Spider-Man movie and stay there fast time. No, we don't need to see that. People just know. These, they all exist together. If they wanted to come together, they could. They probably will at some point. But I'm I'm good with this self-contained movie. And if you want to do something fun, like at the end, the very end of the movie, you throw in a tag that goes to like the next movie. But it's at the very end. It's not the body of the movie. It is not the movie. There you go. You you have effectively created a shared universe that upholds your whole standard of 
uh, self-contained solo movies. It's it's not that hard. It does not have to be that hard. It does not have to be a bad word. It can be a benefit for you and the people that like it. And again, it's you. DC is the closest thing to Marvel. They're literal comic book competitors, rivals. They have been for years. If anything is set up to duplicate a shared universe, it is DC, and they can do it in a different way, and everybody can still win. They just can't get their head out of their asses to make sure that happens. But anyway, uh, I've, I've kind of ranted a little bit longer than I, I thought I would on this. I'm going to kind of wrap it up. On, I'm going to kind of wrap it up, but before I do, since we're here, uh, um, and I've I've vaguely mentioned Superman a little bit. Let me just go ahead and say right here, um, Warner Brothers does not deserve Superman because they don't know what to do with him. The fact that we're getting another incarnation of the Batman off the ground, but Superman, we're pushing. Uh, hell, it's going. It's it's nine years. Man of Steel came out in 2013. It is 2022. And we have not seen another solo Superman movie. And again, you've got a guy that's for years has wanted to do another Superman movie. And you cannot figure out how to do it. You're, it kills me that they keep saying, like the, the sentiment seems to be that Henry Cavill is so associated with the Snyder movies that he is not good enough to carry a Superman movie and make it successful because he's so tainted by those. And, you know, I get so I get it to an extent because he is the second lead of Batman versus Superman, even though if you watch a cut of that movie, Superman is barely in it. But I digress. And he... He is the poster child for everything that was wrong with the, the, the Justice League version that was released theatrically. But that, and because his, you know, the whole face debacle, but that is not on him. That, especially Justice League, that is directly because of the studio making the wrong decisions to push that movie out instead of making the right ones to do what was necessary to fix the things that they didn't like. The thing is that they signed off on him at first because they let Zach do everything. Again, I don't blame Zach. I blame the people in charge that let Zach do it. They should, they they, th- they saw what he was doing and they thought that was a good idea and it came back to bite them and they did all the wrong things and made it worse. And the person that suffered the most for it in real life is Henry Cavill. In, in the general picture, it is Superman because they... They've never really had faith in Superman. The fact that before Man of Steel came out, they were very, 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 very confident in that movie. And their reception, I believe more than anything, the reception to that movie is what is what shook them to their core about anything with Superman going forward. Uh, which, even, even though I said that, um, my belief is still that they added... Batman to the what was going to be the Superman sequel, uh, 
before they knew that reception, which would even further cement the fact that they don't trust Superman, even because they had a movie they were confident in, confident, and decided, you know, for a sequel, we're not going to just give him his own one. We're going to put Batman in it, just make it, you know, prop it up some more. That should tell you, if, if I'm correct, and they added Batman before they even knew what the reception of Man of Steel was going to be, it tells you everything about what they think about Superman. And regime change and whatnot, they still think the same things about Superman. And there's no reason Superman can't be back on the big screen. I understand Batman is the biggest thing in the world. Well, he's Batman is the second most popular character uh, after Spider-Man. I understand wanting to get him up there. But Superman has been, through most of history, the comic book character. It was not until the 80s that Batman surpassed him permanently. And I don't know if Superman could ever pass him again. But, and this is what kills me, Marvel basically has their Superman and Captain America. The, the things that DC does not understand about an earnest, genuinely good guy doing the right things because that's what's supposed to happen. They did that with Captain America. And by the end of Avengers Endgame, Captain America is right up there with him by the end of it. I think and Captain America resonated with people to the fact that if it's not Iron Man, if there was no Iron Man, Captain America would be the standout of those movies. The runaway standout of, of those whole things. And there's no reason that Superman cannot be that. People know Superman. People know what Superman stands for. People know what Superman is. And I really believe if you give him, you would have to give, if you gave Superman two good movies, he is back up there. Again, he might not surpass Batman, but he will be, you will know, he is like, at the very least, number two, but I, I'm hazarding to guess he'd be like a 1B if they can get it right. They just don't know how to get it right. And it's killing because there's so many people that have said the right things about getting it right. Chief among them is the last dude you had playing Superman. But I can rant about um, DC's handling of Superman in the movies for a very, very long time. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up here. Just, uh, I, I thank you guys for listening to me ramble about shared universes in DC and all this other stuff. Uh, this is a topic that is very near and dear to me. And one day I hope to get on the microphone and say they did it. They finally got it right. But at this rate, I'll be 70 years old and it'll have to be my kid that goes off to Hollywood and say, y'all got to get this right before my dad kicks the bucket. So hopefully that's not in the cards, but, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, thank you for listening to my, my rambling. Uh, we'll be back with a normal episode of Movies on the Brain really soon. Uh, until then, you can follow uh, our normal host, Brian C. Wood, at BCW Tiger Fan on Twitter. I am at the Mets Theory on Twitter, and I'll see you guys again real soon.